Hello, I'm delighted you could join us today on Search for Truth. And again, we're with Brian Johnston, your Bible teacher. Today, we've part two in Brian's new series of talks, which seeks to provide help to those who may be new in the Christian faith, as well as those who give a lead in the churches by developing those new disciples. I hope you find these talks a great help, and there'll also be a printed publication, and I'll tell you later how to get a copy. Now, let's go to Brian for today's talk, which asks the question, how can I be sure it's really true? Okay, to read the Apostle John's letters is to enter another world, a world whose characteristic marks are assurance, confidence and certainty. Yes, it's here we find a resounding theme of Christian certainty. And according to John, Christian certainty is a double certainty. First, the certainty that Christianity itself is true. This is about objective facts, things rooted in history. A baby was born in the obscure Middle Eastern town of Bethlehem. He learned the trade of carpentry. One day he shut the doors of the carpentry shop and became an itinerant preacher, despite having no recognised formal schooling as such. His life was reportedly full of wonders, his teaching incomparable, and he claimed to be equal with God. But still he gained no mass acceptance and was executed in a criminal's death by those jealous of him. On the third day thereafter, his few followers claimed they saw him risen from the dead. The rest, as they say, is history. No other life has impacted the planet in the same way. Testimony to the truth, as John claims, that this was God come in humanity. And the Apostle John opens his first letter by referencing the reality of those historical facts underpinning the Christian faith. He says, That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. According to John, genuine faith must draw authentically on that which is from the beginning. Those defining historical events which reset the clocks some 2,000 years ago. He goes on to write about the birth, baptism and death of Jesus when he writes that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He came by water and blood. That's a reference to Jesus' baptism and death. And then John says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Altogether, in John's writing, there are three assurances given for the certainty of Christian truth. First, there's what we've just been mentioning, the actual historical events of the life of Jesus Christ. Then there's the witness of the apostles. John has already, as we've seen, appealed to the direct evidence of the apostles in their encounter with Jesus Christ by talking of the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness. And thirdly, John mentions the anointing from the Holy One, which enables Christian believers to know the truth, especially the truth about Jesus Christ. 
In this way, John is referring to the gift of the Holy Spirit, which every person receives at conversion when they become a believer on Christ. He's the Spirit of truth and guides us into all the truth, as Jesus himself promised and recorded by John in his Gospel. Christianity is therefore firmly anchored to historical realities and is confirmed not only by the inner testimony of the Holy Spirit within Christians, but also by the witness of the apostles who had actually been with him and so could vouch for the objective historical reality of events like the resurrection. Those are the three great assurances John gives for the truth of Christianity, the assurance of history, of the apostles and of the Holy Spirit. So much then for the certainty of the truth of Christianity, although we might add that lawyers and historians have famously declared Jesus' resurrection to be the best supported fact in all history. But moving on now to the other certainty that the Apostle John writes about in his letters, especially this first letter. It concerns the Christian's assurance of personally belonging to God's family and being the possessor of eternal life. So there's a beautiful balance in the double certainty presented by John in his letters, covering on the one hand the objective truth of the historical foundations of the Christian faith, while also affirming the subjective experience of the Christian believer's personal convictions. And John also gives three assurances for the second certainty he presents, which is the certainty of knowing through faith that we've been born into God's spiritual family and, as a result, possess eternal life. John's repeated message is that those who believe may know. In chapter 2, verse 3, he speaks of knowing him, that's knowing Jesus, and then goes on to speak of knowing that we are in him, and later of knowing we are of God and of the truth. Finally, in his last chapter, he speaks about knowing that we have eternal life. You see what I mean? That his theme is about knowing with certainty. But how is it possible to have this absolute knowledge? Many people speak of hoping they'll be acceptable to God and one day enter into life in God's presence. John, however, writes about knowledge that's certain. He gives, as we've said, three ways by which we can be sure that we're already eternally secure. And these are by believing, by obeying and by loving. The first way is about maintaining our deep conviction in the truth about Jesus, the Son of God. Again and again, in chapter 5 alone, he stresses that it's those who believe in the Son of God who know that they have eternal life. He emphasises that assurance comes by remaining in that which they've heard from the beginning. Sadly, some believers, by losing faith, lose the assurance of the salvation, even though they can't lose salvation itself. The second assurance is by means of keeping the Lord's commands and doing the things that are right. Among the things John writes aimed at helping us really know that we have eternal life is this matter of keeping the Lord's commandments. Everyone, he says, who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Earlier, as though to reinforce that, he's already said, whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed abides in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. 
In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Now, it's not that this means that we should be sinless, for John has already told us that if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. What it means is that at the time of our conversion, a new nature was born within us. The new nature cannot sin, but we still do have the old nature, which won't finally be removed until we are changed at the coming of Christ himself. However, consistent with the new nature, which we now have, the practice of righteousness ought to characterise those who are God's children and be typical of them. When that's the case, it all serves as further assurance to our own hearts that a work of God's grace has been done there. The third way of assurance of someone having been born into God's family and possessing eternal life is by loving one another. Remember, John has said at the beginning of chapter 5, we've mentioned it already, but we'll quote it again, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. To see how strongly this matter of loving one another comes over as an assurance of our new birth and possession of eternal life, we only have to read some more verses from the previous chapter. Beloved, John says, let us love one another for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So now, let's sum up all that we've been saying. The Apostle John, in his first Bible letter, presents us with two certainties. The first being the objective historical truth of Christianity, and the other being the subjective confidence that the Christian believer has eternal life. Each of these two certainties is supported by three assurances. The first certainty is assured by well-evidenced historical facts, by the remarkable witness of the apostles, and by the gift of the Holy Spirit, which every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ receives at conversion. The second certainty, which is our confidence of actually having full forgiveness and lasting life from God, is also triply assured when we retain our convictions about the person of the Lord Jesus and keep his commandments and love each other. How wonderful to have a strong, threefold assurance of the certainty of having a place in God's family and of being the possessor of eternal life, something which no power in the universe can alter. Just so there's no misunderstanding, let me say again that John's theme is not how to obtain salvation, but the assurance of salvation. And also, even if we lose our assurance, we cannot lose our salvation itself. In our early days as a Christian, and possibly many times later on, our enemy, the devil, will try to deploy his original, devastating tactic of sowing doubt. Remember how he said to Eve in the garden, Has God said? We can best prepare for that attack by entering the Apostle John's world of certainty and assurance.
Now, if you'd like to receive one of the books for this current series of talks, please tell us and make sure to let us have your postal address. Ask for the title "Helping New Christians Grow," and if you like, we can put you on our mailing list to receive new books automatically. And if you'd like that, then let us know as well. Now, you can order by email or by post, and here are our contact details so you can make a note. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands. Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, Sierra November 48 Delta Yankee, UK. Our email address is sft@churchesofgod.info. So, thanks for the pleasure of your company today. I hope you can join us next week for the next talk in this series. But until then, very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers, and me, John. So goodbye, and may God richly bless you.